Why, you better get those feet tapping, fingers snapping, all hands clapping. Buckle up, gobble some popcorn. It's the Mickle Pot and Pickle with Mickle. And here we go. Storming the court on Monday and in an effort to continually decrease productivity at work, it is my pleasure to let you know that today is National Video Game Day. You can also get set a good example by telling a fairy tale in a letter to an elder. Are you ready to leap into March? You can start with the NFL Combine. Oh yeah! Talk about madness and we will today. The NFL Combine gets underway on the last day of February. NFL hopefuls in their best underwear, leaping and running and lifting their way into early draft speculation, draft position, and career expectations. Hey, where is the guy with the fastest 40 time? I know where he is. He's a free agent. It shows the power of football fandom and hyperbole as the combine continues to draw us in. Each year, even worse, it draws in. Professional coaches and scouts alike, they get sucked in by the spectacle, the shock and awe of strength and speed. NFL teams rely on a retinue of people to analyze, overanalyze. It takes a retinue of dedicated workers to put on a major sporting event or concert. You get the point. I'll get to the point. After attending PPA Mesa Cup, where fairy tales have started to be written. I mean, for all the people I saw running around with PPA credentials, the damn thing was unorganized. Let me get organized so we can whip around the sports verse and dive into some pickleball. <laughs> Fellas, if you are going to rock that beard or stash, Keep your face organized. Go to ValhallaBeardAndBody.net. This is the best place for your face. ValhallaBeardAndBody.net. Use promo code MIC15. Mullets in Mexico. Huge win for rookie player Jason Knapp in Mexico. The win gets him into the Masters. I love the Masters. I love all golf majors. Let's see how Jason and the others like the newly lengthened second hole at Augusta. I'm keeping my eye out for players lengthening the back of their hair and bringing back mullets. Look, it's a mullet. That was way more than a hat-created effect. From the course to the hardwood. I mean, I don't know if Steve Ballmer ever had a mullet. Can the new Clippers logo just be Ballmer? In that vest and hard hat I saw on ESPN.com, I'm sure that photo has surfaced everywhere. Whatever it takes, that has been Bomber's motto when it comes to the clips. Whatever it takes. Look, he's got the money. We know that. It takes getting to the finals. It takes a healthy Kawhi and playoff P. That takes a lot. The NBA wants you to think draft right now too. They're trying to suck you into it. Do not do it. Think about the play-in tournament for the NBA as it sits right now. This could be better than the, the actual finals. I mean, too bad the season sits around for a few more months. I will do my best to hope these teams do their best to hold form and give us Pelicans, Mavericks, Lakers, and Warriors in the play-in series for the Western Conference. 
That, that would be it. That'd be the lineup in the West. And LeBron, don't worry, Booby. The refs will be consistent during the playoffs. <laughs> if Doc Rivers has been anything, it is consistent. Gaining acclaim for guiding the Celtics to that title in 2008, he added to his legacy of losing series when leading three games to one in L.A., consistently guiding the Clippers into the playoffs, even into their first conference semifinal. Trust the process. In Philly, you could trust Doc getting the Sixers to the conference semifinal. Consistency. The Philly fans are absolutely consistent. They booed Doc when he returned with the Bucks. Now, Doc's other team, the Celtics, Boston fans, you're ready for a playoff run? Elsewhere in the East, the Bucks, Doc's newest team, they just might be there in the end. They're pretty good. I don't think the Sixers will. I mean, who wants Knicks, Celtics, Knicks Heat, Knicks Pacers? Knicks in the playoffs is a good thing. Remember, New York, New York fans must deal with the Mets and the Yankees over the summer and the Jets and the G-Men when football comes back. Maybe the Knickerbockers can give them a little something they've been wanting for a long time. In the West, I will say it, is this the year of the Clips? That's enough. Don't jinx it. Minnesota is howling right now. Denver is still the champs and the Thunder are rolling. Pickleball is also rolling in OKC. Look for my interview with Carol Rolls of the OKC Punishers and Jenna Hessert of the OPPL, Oklahoma Premier Pickleball League. Coming in hot this week, I'm going to help you get over the hump with that great interview. These ladies are something else and they're doing awesome things in the Pickleverse. Awesome. Amazing. Sounds like you too. We're out at the Mesa Cup over the weekend. You can still get a pickle gating t-shirt at themicklepod.com. We're getting on the court right after this. The Mickle Pod and Pickle with Mickle is all new, twice a week, all major podcast apps. Earbuds in, popcorn ready, it's back to the show. Dinking, smashing, third shot, dropping, got pickleball fever, and it's not stopping his pickle and nicker. Pickle and nicker. Pickle and nickel, all right. Whatever the storylines were heading into PPA Mesa Cup, forget about it. Breaking news, Annalie Whiplash Waters announced she is moving right here to the desert. Now that is a big story. It might not happen right away. She reported, hey, she's eyeing a place right out here in Picklezona. The stories continue to be written on the court. And this past week in Mesa, another chapter in the thrilling series that is Pickleball. I'm breaking it down all the way 
to our Mesa Cup champions. All right, go ahead and say your name again. Kaysen Campbell. Kaysen, heck of a match you just had out there, man. How you feeling? Very shaky. Very shaky. That's because you gave it all out there, brother. I mean, you were hitting some shots. You were moving around the court like a pro for a 17-year-old. And you just told me you've been playing pickleball for one year? From Miami. First time out here to the desert? Uh, yeah. First PPA event? Or? Uh, I'd say third. All right, what's next? Uh, I'm not sure yet. Are we sponsored yet? I have a sponsorship with um, Attic Pickleball. Go ahead. Show it off, brother. Give some props for your people. Right on. Casey Campbell, just big victory out here at the Mesa Cup. Keep playing great. The kid with the hat. It's 17 years old. Kaysen is one to watch this year and on into the future. He did keep playing great. He plays with energy. And what a run. Battling back in the round of 16, defeating Dylan Frazier, who had captured gold at the PPA Masters earlier this year. Campbell would roll into the quarters. He was loose, ready to play Jack Sock. I'll get back to Sock in a moment. Kaysen Campbell is another young rising star. Even Dylan Fraser said after his double semifinal win, they pop out of the woodwork, referring to all this young talent on tour. Dylan is now a straight-up pickleballer, a veteran at 22. And what I mean is, Dylan didn't have any tennis background. Straight pickleballer. You're going to see that. We will continue to see players that start pickle. Keep pickling. We will continue to see the subtle shift of players from tennis to pickleball. That's not to say Dennis is going to go away. Speaking of tennis, Jack Sock is making the most for big-time tennis players to come try out some pickle. He has made big strides in his game. We know that forehand is big. When you see it real time, it's big. It forces most people to stride off the court, shaking their heads. The fact he knows he has a lot of room to improve is good. I mean, who am I to tell him to mix in a backhand? Sock defeated Tyson McGuffin, who would leave the tournament due to illness, and Campbell stretched him over three games. Pickleball's Fed had to stretch during Stock's quick fake-out timeout during their semifinal match. A little gamesmanship from the veteran pro Sock. Well, he made quick work of them. Two games setting up the men's final. The final against Ben Johns, who was now in his first final of the year. I guess that's a story, too. And it's always great to meet people in person after I have talked with them on the show. Jack Monroe has been rolling this year, backing up his APP next-gen run with a solid men's double quarterfinal showing out here in Mesa, providing one of the most verbally entertaining matches of the weekend. The pickle was really good, too. It was the only quarterfinal match that went all three games. It's all fun. Hey, just ask Matt Wright, and he said it, and I think it is. Players sniping at each other because they know each other in the competitive spirit, I think that should be okay if they are okay with it. Now, Julian Arnold saying Andiamo with his foot to a ball in the middle of the match? Come on, man! Wright and Jimmy will get knocked out in the semis by J.W. Johnson and Dylan Frazier setting up a men's doubles final that would not include the Johns brothers. Desert Ridge Open PPA Tour. I am here with Gabriel Tardew. And Gabriel, have you been playing much this weekend? How's the tournament been going for you? Pretty good. Pretty good. 
and what's your outlook for this year? What are you most excited about? You play MLP2. Yeah. Was that your first team event last weekend? Uh, no, so I actually played in uh, Newport Beach and Columbus, so it's my third one. Okay, so last year? Yeah. Okay, great. How do you like that format? I think it's... I really like it. I think it's uh, more excited. It's more exciting than the initial format. So like That's awesome. And how long have you been playing pickleball? Uh, probably like two and a half years. Right, kind of kind of up and coming yeah. on tour, but you're coming fast. <laughs> yeah. I've seen you play. You got good game. Thank you. So you're looking forward to single store or more team? What's what? What do you prefer? Or you like it all? I like the, the team aspect better. All right. Well, big year for ATX pickleballers. Then next stop, Daytona. Daytona, yeah. Right. Yes, that was Gabriel Tardio. I caught up with him last year. And everyone, if you didn't know Tardio, now you know. I talked with him this year right after his singles loss, and he was just kind of shaking it off. Told me he was much more excited, focused, looking forward to doubles. Remember, I said, kid has game. So does his partner, Andre Dyescu. I think if I remember, Andre Dyescu was on every podium on the APP Tour last year. Suffice to say, really good. They were calling this team the Giant Killers. I don't know if Andre's down with it. Andre the Giant, why not? He's one of those massive gentlemen out there on tour. Gabe and Andre took out Ben and Colin Johns decisively. In the round of 16, they kept it rolling in the quarters, won a thrilling semifinal to set up a showdown with Dylan Frazier and J.W. Johnson, another pairing I really like, and I like this pairing of Andre and Tardio. I hope they keep it together. Let's take a break. We're going to come back, look at the women's action, as well as mixed, leading up to our champions. Pickles. Pickles on your sandwich. Pickles on the side. You like relish? Go to MicklesPickles.net. Get some of these great pickles. And then you tell me, are they the second best pickle on the planet? On the women's side, the action was just as great. We saw the return of Anna Bryant to singles. How about the quarterfinal run? For Brooke Buckner, it's good to see Leah Jansen out and playing well in what you may call an upset. Salmon Devise got past Salomon Devise, got past Catherine Parento, which was a great match. Look, Salomon is a singles specialist, veteran pro, and then she ran into the buzzsaw of Mary Brascia in the semis. Anna Lee would make it to championship round in doubles as well. She and CP were tested. And they tested new serves during the semis, setting up a final showdown with Megan Dizon and Etta Wright. Folks, if you have not seen the match between Dizon and Wright and Brighton David, you need to go watch it, grab some popcorn, then go ahead and come back and you can finish this show. It's that good. As I mentioned, Anna Lee would make it to the championship round in singles. She would make it in doubles. She would also make it in mixed. In mixed doubles. It was the quarterfinal round that gave us the match most hoped for and hoped for someday might be a final. Anna Lee and Ben Johns against Parento and Sock. Nice match. It was in the mixed that James Ignatovich hurt his shoulder. And that would, you know, maybe cause some effects for them in that uh, mixed final. 
or in the uh, mix as their run continued. Still, it was a battle against Wilson and David setting up the mixed final. Much is made about Anna Lee and her partners. She plays with Ben Johns, now CP. Folks, let me say this. And her mom is very good at pickleball. She played doubles with her mom, remember? And they were winning and winning and winning. And she played with multiple players, multiple people, multiple pairings, partners, however we want to call it, after her mom hurt her knee, right? She continues to win. And when you watch her play, which I do when I get a chance to watch, and you watch her live in person, she's out there to win. In this sport and all other sports, to be the champ, you have to beat the champ or champs, as it just might be, because most people playing with Annalie are going to be champs. She wants it that bad. She's going to figure out how to get it. And so now that championship Sunday is set, Annalie going for another triple crown and to be broadcast on Fox, no less. I mean, I set my TV to record it. And then I came home and I saw what said live on Pickleball TV. I never received a recording in my queue to see it on Fox. Was it on Fox? I know we did land on the moon. Much like the final of the NCAA tournament, Championship Sunday was great, though it was the run-up that made it even greater. Congratulations to Ben Johns, his first singles title of the year. He took out Pickleball's Fed. Now, I'm a big fan, as I mentioned, of Dylan Frazier, J.W. Johnson. They grab gold, and they look to be in the finals and on that podium again a lot more this year. They were there often last year. Ben and Anna Lee take home the mixed crown. CP joins Whiplash for doubles, and she gets that triple crown with her singles victory. The action was awesome at the Mesa Cup. The organization, not so much. Let's see how response is as the tournaments continue throughout the year. I can only hope it gets better from an aspect of court assignment, times of matches, etc. And I say this because when you hear the players themselves complaining that they don't know where to go or when they're playing, that is an issue. Now, the venue out at Mesa is awesome. Why the hell did you shove all the vendors in the back of the damn place for crying out loud? Even last year, when you got to the tournament, you had to walk through, you know, like the Pickleball Central deal. You had to go through kind of vendor row. I don't mind having all the food trucks in the back, but, I, you know, I don't know. I mean, it was Mesa Madness. It was a great week. Congratulations to all the champions. I tell you, though, it's a good thing they didn't storm the court after Casey Campbell's victory. More madness ahead of the madness after this. You're listening to The Mickle Pod. Why wouldn't you be? Now back to the show. The month of March holds a special place in the hearts of all sports fans. I mean, all casual 
sports fans. It's March Madness, baby. The NCAA College Basketball Tournament, you can argue, is college basketball. It stands on its own. It's one of those events that grabs hold of everyone. Remember, in an effort to decrease productivity at work, we love March Madness. Now, fans storming the court has become a part of college basketball. Storming the court. Let that marinate. Not the fans have spilled onto the floor. Fans are running onto the court after this upset. Storming the court. It, it leads itself to its own vision. You see it. Maybe you've been in it. When did it start? How can it be regulated? Conferences, do they have specific rules? Does the NCAA in general have rules? Most don't. Some schools do. What's to be done? When? A player, not if, when a player from either team is injured because of the craziness that has ensued at the end of the game. This weekend, after an awesome win over Duke, fans at Wake Forest stormed the court and in the storm, Duke stud center Kyle Filipowski was hit on the leg. Now, I'm not sure how injured he is. It brought the ire of coach John Shire and the coach from Wake Forest chimed in saying we've got to do something. I mean, it's not limited to the boys as they storm the court. I mean, the fans do it after girls win too. And Caitlin Clark, one of the biggest names on the ladies' side of the sport, she was hit by a fan during an earlier incident this year. Now, I do think it needs to be addressed. I mentioned it just a second ago. Most schools and conferences do not have official policies. I get it. You're right there. Your team pulls the upset, whether it's a buzzer beater or not. It is perfect. The perfect storm. Now, don't go storming off in a huff. The week is just starting. I have an awesome interview hitting the podverse this week with a pickle-tastic duo from Oklahoma City. Catch up on the show on all major podcast apps and on YouTube at The Micklepod. Stay safe out there and stay hydrated. I'll see all y'all right here next time for more.